Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for listening on. Today, I have an amazing guest for you today. Her name is Dr. Angie Ibe. Say hi to everyone, Angie. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Colin. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that she is on the show. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out um, of your you know, busy schedule to be able to be with us today. Um, for those of you who do not know who she is, she, uh, she practices as a internal medicine physician. She is a a wife and mother of three, and she is a huge, huge, huge lifestyle and wellness advocate. And I'm so, so thankful for her to be here, to be able to share her wisdom with everyone today. Um, tell us uh, where you're calling from. I'm actually calling from Houston, Texas. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I am calling from Houston, Texas. I am a system professor with Baylor College of Medicine, and this is where I've lived since I migrated to the States, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you immigrated from Nigeria, correct? Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. Was that transition uh, challenging for you? Definitely it was. Um, a big part of who I am has to do with my family. Um, so Living home was very difficult. Mm. I guess with time, things settle down and you kind of get comfortable with where you are. But and then of course most of the family ended up moving out here, so now I'm fine. But it was a huge oh, good, good. I'm glad. Uh, family is super important. It, it yes. makes up, it makes up you know who we are. You know, what I'm saying whether it's the presence of them or the absences of them. Okay, great. So I love hearing about. We're going to start off by asking. How do you get from point A to point B? Um, I really enjoy hearing people's stories. And, you know, unlike other platforms or other spaces where uh, our general audience and our healthcare providers who make up our audience uh, get to hear is, you know, sometimes we don't get to actually hear and understand the stories of how our health and wellness leaders come about. You know, it's very important for me to be able to capture the centerpiece um, so why don't you share with the audience a little bit about your story, about how you got to your current moment right now, of how you got into internal medicine, how you got into lifestyle medicine, in terms of how you came to be the person you are. A lot of the stories I hear, a lot of people will say things like, you know, they had this realization, something happened to them, and then they decided to go into medicine. For me, medicine came naturally. Uh, one of the most influential people in my life is my mom, and she happens to be a physician. So um, I had her growing up as a role model. I assisted her taking care of a patient, or at least in her clinic. I saw a lot of, um, I saw all the love she, you know, care she gave to the community, and naturally, I wanted to step into her shoes as well. So I, I knew medicine was for me 
from an early age, and I just followed that path. So now, getting to the States, I decided to be an internist because that was the field of medicine that I loved while in medical school. Well, when it came to specialization, I just couldn't decide on what I wanted to do. It seemed like I wanted to be everything. Um, mm-hmm. And then I loved the um, hospitalist medicine, which was really one of my favorite rotations was inpatient care. So I took that part. Now, when it comes to lifestyle medicine, you know, being an internist who takes care of acutely ill patients, I realized, I, I came to the realization that a lot of the patients are dealing with the same issues. A lot of them, we almost had, it was almost like there was this, um, you know, unspoken code. Like once the patient comes in, they have that combination, hypertension, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. people like oh, yeah, all the medical conditions all in one. And most of them had to do with our lifestyle. And I saw them coming in and out you know, rotating the same set of patients with the outcome most times not being optimal. And at this point, I wanted to practice. I I knew I had to do something else. It was a bit frustrating just taking care of patients, but getting them better, but not really getting to the root and being able to really take care of the root cause of their issues. So I decided that I needed to do something else. And lifestyle medicine was really the natural path. And that really has been so much of a blessing because it's given me the balance I needed when, you know, between taking care of the ill, very acutely ill and helping people get well outside. Mm. Mm-hmm. What did your, what did your mother practice? My mom was actually a family physician. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually resonate with your story very much. And, um, you know, I didn't come from a long line of doctors. My, my mother was actually a Chinese metal, uh, medicine doctor. Um, so she did all of her training and education overseas and, you know, she's an immigrant. Um, so I resonate with your story because, you know, she was the main inspiration for me. Um, and it's not so much about the science and the medical part of it. I really, really resonated with how much she cared about the patient and the person behind the different symptoms and the diseases that they carry. Um, she made me really understand what it took to uh, actually build up compassion and actually how to build up empathy and talk to someone and learn how to communicate, learn how to study nonverbal cues and, you know, just really getting to, on top of that, the story of that person. So I really resonate with, um, you know, your mom being the role model for you. In terms of uh, the frustration, what what was it about the frustration what, besides uh, just seeing the patients coming in and out when you were doing a uh, hospital. Do you still practice ho- uh, um, internal medicine or hospital medicine in addition very, to lifestyle medicine? Very much, yes. Mm-hmm, I do. I, I still see patients. Actually, I just got off yesterday. So frustrations. First of all, a lot of the patients are not properly educated. There's a lot of lack of, will I say, I don't want to say communication, but a lot of lack of education out in the community. Um, you know, people, there's a gap and we need to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. People want to get better. People want to do better, but they don't know how. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when they come in, then there's a lack of support. And that lack of support is in different ways from their community, their family to, you know, the, the medical system. It's they They don't have enough in terms of support to get them to really where they should be. Mm-hmm. 
when I'm taking care of inpatients, I, I almost, I'm almost running on a very short time in terms of how long I can stay. I want to sit down and talk some more. I get to do that, but I have to do the documentation. I have to get the, you know, the work done and they have such a short time to be in the hospital with me. Once they get, you know, stable and well, I have to let them go. I would love to see them beyond that point, but I really, you know, can't because uh, clearly I'm not an outpatient physician. I would mm-hmm. love to educate them some more. And even when you give them that education, you know that they need the education needs to be reinforced on a on a recurring basis. So that is frustrating to me because when they come back, you can tell that they've literally lost that education. You you know the last um, the things you talked about just because there's no reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I also practice family medicine myself, but mainly on the outpatient basis or, you know, for those in a general audience, um, you know, just in an office clinic type of setting, you know, we do have more opportunity to educate. However, you know, similar to the infrastructure that we currently live in, um, it's not nearly as enough as you and I would love to educate. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's, I think, I think that's where the art form of medicine comes into play where you kind of have to bob and weave and find, um, opportunities to be able to teach as much as possible. And, you know, your environment in a hospital setting is much more chaotic, um, in terms (laughs) of, yeah, much more chaotic. We're, you know, we're not even talking about the pandemic right now. We're talking about, you know, just in general, you know, it's, it's chaotic because, you know, you have to talk to the ER people that, you know, want to admit them in. You have to talk to the social worker, the, the hospital administration. You just have so many people to talk to. And to me, sometimes, and it's similar, you know, in, in the outpatient setting, because you kind of lose touch. You know, you and I, we have to document, we have to, you know, redirect our focus all the time. And again, the time constraints. So it leaves very, very, very little room uh, to teach. And for those that don't know, uh, the the Latin root of the word doctor actually means to teach in Latin. And um, and I think it's just ironic because that's probably the least least uh, function that we actually do as as physicians. Absolutely true. So when you say that you got into lifestyle medicine and you know needing to learn more, what were the steps that you needed to do? Did did it require you needing to get extra CME or continuing medical education? Did you have to do courses? Like, what was it that you needed to do on top of your already busy practice in order to educate yourself? Yes, um, definitely. I had to. I I had to attend a couple of um, conferences. I, I, I joined the lifestyle. We have a lifestyle medicine board, um, that, unfortunately got cancelled because of COVID-19. It was meant to be June of this year. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've had to have courses and conferences and CMEs all in preparation for the boards. Um, In addition to that, that there's a lot of resources out there. You know, uh, IFM is the um, functional medicine group. It's a big functional medicine um, body. I've actually had to also attend their courses because I found out that, you know, I what functional medicine is another area of medicine that we kind of are lacking in our, you know, current practice of medicine, which really, you know, attacks the root cause of problems, which was a big interest for me as well. So I've I've taken some courses in that. But right now I'm actually um preparing for my lifestyle medicine board. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, you know, I've been with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine since 2013, and uh, they're a fantastic organization. Um, so for those in the audience who don't understand the difference between the two, there's so many different names um, for different types of medicine besides modern medicine or Western medicine. And lifestyle medicine is just using evidence-based lifestyle approaches to prevent, treat, and reverse chronic lifestyle-related diseases. Functional medicine, and you can probably define it better than I can, but it's really going to the root cause, um, and it does focus a lot on biochemistry and, you know, a lot of different uh, processes, you know, in terms of getting to the cellular level, uh, a lot of detoxification um, education you would need to go through. So it's a different way, and I encourage people to kind of research more or to ask their doctor if they're interested. Um, but going back to lifestyle medicine, there's um, a big part of lifestyle medicine is really about self-care and really about taking care of the provider and taking care of oneself, um, not just the provider for anyone. And, you know, self-care, physician wellness, um, you know, mental health nowadays are very, very, very important. And it's a topic that is brought up very, very frequently. Um, my question to you is, how do you practice self-care? You know, what were, what were the, the steps in between that made you realize that this was important to talk about? And, you know, what did you learn from it? Uh, so what happened was that um, I had two major events in my life that kind of made me, um, you know, stopped me and, in, my, in my tracks and, and told me, you know, you have to reevaluate. The first was when I lost my dad. So I was in residence in 20 years, actually. Um, when I I had done a 24 hours, 36 hours call mm -hmm. and I left my phone and I woke up to multiple missed calls from my dad. And it just so happened that he passed away that night. Mm. So I didn't get a chance to talk to him. And I felt like if I wasn't so tired, I would have had my phone ring. And honestly, mm. my phone must have rang several times, but I didn't hear. And so at this time I was training and, I, you know, training, you don't have so much control of your time. So I promised myself that I would, you know, change all that when I get done with training. And I got done with training. But, you know, when you leave residency, it feels like the world is yours to take. You, I, you, I had all the best interests. I wanted to help people around me. I wanted to, um, you know, take my kids and travel the world and all those things needed money. And, you know, as an attendant, coming from um, residency, it felt like it was opportunity to make that money. So I just, and that was what I did. I went and worked and worked and made the money, or at least I thought I was at that point. And then it just took a doctor's visit and abnormal liver enzymes, and then in my blood work for me to realize that, you know, remember what you talked about years ago when you lost your dad. You told yourself you were going to make a change and, and you know, plan better. And at that point, it occurred to me that I hadn't kept to my promise. Mm -hmm. I needed to put my why in front of me. And my why is my family. My why mm -hmm. is opportunity to be um, spend time with them to do the things that I love doing. And the minute I brought that in front of me, everything changed. Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't about how much money I made anymore to me. I, I just needed to work enough 
or make enough to be able to pursue my why. And that's really what made me, I guess I got more self-aware and that changed everything. Um, my, my, myself came first and putting myself first was really putting my family first, my priorities first. Yes. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode of Thrive Bites is sponsored by Himalaya Ashwagandha. Hey guys, it's Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. Thank you for tuning in, and I just want to have a quick word with you about daily stresses and anxiety. And I'm sure during these uncertain times that you've dealt with your own daily stresses and anxiety, I know I have. Especially in the beginning of the pandemic, I was trying to figure out what was going on. How did the world come to this and what was I going to do? And in addition to using my own tools of food as medicine and stress management, I had to be able to weather my own daily stresses. And it wasn't easy. Stress, anxiety, worry, pressures, whether at home, at work, kids, coworkers, there's so much that causes stress and anxiety these days. We're all looking for that natural way to take that edge off and protect our body and mind against it. Himalaya ashwagandha helps navigate through my daily stresses and anxiety. Now, what is ashwagandha? The simple answer is ashwagandha is an herb. In ancient times, ashwagandha was considered the king of Ayurvedic herbs, and it was used for a wide variety of conditions. In functional medicine today, we harness the power of ashwagandha primarily to help our bodies adapt to the stress of modern day life so we can feel calm and balanced. Himalaya ashwagandha is organic, non-GMO, contains no binders or fillers, and is clinically validated for safety and efficacy. Stress less and find calm with Himalaya ashwagandha. The best part? Get 20% off your first purchase on Amazon with discount code 20CHEFDOC. And check out the show notes for more details on this episode's sponsorship with Himalaya. If you have any diabetes or high or low blood pressure, please consult your medical provider. And please do not use if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. If you have any questions specific to ashwagandha, please consult your functional medicine provider, naturopathic doctor, or Ayurvedic doctor. Thank you for tuning in. And now back to the episode. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. I'm sorry to hear that about your father. What, uh, what did he, if you don't mind me asking, what did he pass away from? He passed away from actually blood loss. Mm, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like something very sudden and very traumatic. So listening to what you just said, thank you for sharing that, by the way. Um, I'm sure it wasn't easy. So I agree with you. In terms of residency, it's a part of a young doctor's life um, before they become full-fledged doctors where they go through a very, very rigorous training. And you're absolutely right. We don't really have control over that time. And sometimes when you graduate, you know, you do hear stories of other people, you know, wanting to make that money to kind of, you know, we have a lot of school debts we have to pay back. We have other obligations, family, a mortgage, maybe car payments. And then sometimes what happens is that something else replaces that time, whether it's work, whether it's something else, you know? 
Um, so it is important to be able to kind of step back and understand why you're doing it. And I'm glad that you did, because if you do, if you don't take the big picture look about, you know, the day, the day to day routines, then we're just machines. We're just, you know, continuously doing what you're doing without understanding why you do it to begin with. So, um, what other, what other things did you start? What did, did you do to, pr- uh, continue to practice self care for yourself? Because a lot of times where, you know, physicians are at the end of the day, we're very, um, we have very noble intentions. And a lot of times we forget to take care of ourselves. You know, what are some things um, that you've started to realize that you needed to do better for, uh, for yourself? So one, one thing that, uh, one of the things I did was I actually always sum it up as saying I started living intentionally. Um, better put it, it means that I started making choices in my everyday life that were based on my greatest values and not mm-hmm. just letting things happen by chance. And what is, uh, how would you define that for those that are listening in the audience? How would you define intentional living? So my definition of intentional living is basically living by my own terms. So being in control as much as I can of the things I can control, of the things that happen to me on a day-to-day basis. So I don't leave anything by chance. So my thoughts, my actions are all planned out by me, at least as much as they are in my control, within my control. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, you know, for, for, for the most part, this actually starts from the minute we wake up. So most people, um, I would say daily intentionality is what you need to transform your life as against even making New Year resolutions. So, for me, it starts from the minute I wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's interesting when you say that, um, because I do hear a lot where, um, you know, when you have a regular day-to-day job, eight to five, something like that, you know, they say that the beginning and the end of the day is something that is for yourself, you know, that you have control of in terms of, you know, your thoughts, not looking at your phone the first thing in the morning, um, and everything in between, you know, is for someone else. You do a job, you go to work, you know, you take care of your family. Um, so how would you say in terms of, you know, keeping that a habit? Like, what did you do or what would you, you know, kind of talk about in terms of making that um, an actual routine? Because we can always have the best intentions. You know, a good example yeah. is the New Year's resolutions, right? We always, you know, we're gung-ho about it. But what are do you what do you think are the components or the steps in order to make it a daily practice? So you know, like every other thing, you 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 kind of have to work towards it. So for me, for example, the minute I knew my why, the minute I knew that self care was imp- was absolutely um, necessary, um, not negotiable for me, I had to um, set a plan. I knew those I had to surround myself with. I knew what books I had to read. So I did read books, um, you know, just like in medicine, we're so used to having a path. Tell, you tell, in medicine, you're told what to do from A to Z. You read, you know, you start reading and you get to the end. And that was exactly what I did. And one of the things that I started doing, which has been of a huge impact in my life, is the first thing in the morning, I call it the miracle morning, not meaning to advertise, but it's something that has been like a life 
uh, sorry, a game changer for me was mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning, I have to pause. Mm-hmm. Previously, I will wake up and I'll get up and I'll start going. I actually wake up, I go through my day in my head of what I want it to look like. And if there's anything, realizing that some things get, you know, thrown out once I get busy, I write it down. I actually go through meditation. Um, First of all, that's after I've actually prayed because I'm a religious person. I pray, I go through meditation, and I actually read a book. Most of Mm -hmm. them are my wellness books. I I have one of um, them right now next to me. I read a wellness book. It doesn't take me more than a page or two, and I'm fine. I I go for a walk, which is like my routine, just because it gives me some time to actually extra time to think and and listen to podcasts like yours. You know, <laughs> I, I yes, that's what I do Thank in you. the morning. I I do that, and then I get back and I get ready. So I have a plan for the day. So doing it, it didn't start off being a routine for me. It it was mm-hmm. I had to schedule it. It's like the night before, I tell myself I have to get up early. I have to go to bed a little bit earlier because I have to do this to be able to fit in my 7 a.m. resumption time at work. Mm-hmm. So I started creating that time. And over time, what you, you become what you do. And that's really what has ended up becoming my lot. I see myself doing it in an automated fashion now just because I've done it over time. Mm-hmm. And how have you, like, what was the difference? You know, was it night and day for you? Like, what, Oh, my what, what, God. oh my god that's the word it was nice and they you know it's funny because when i started it was a struggle i didn't see the night and day difference Uh but i realized that over time i realized that you know i could have i I always would write you know i could come up with a plan in the night and say this is what i want to do tomorrow and i will come back at night that's when if i do have time to go mm-hmm. through it and see that, you know, I didn't even accomplish half of them. But honestly, since I started doing this, you know, taking time in the morning, creating that time for myself, it was like I had so much clarity of where I was headed once mm-hmm. I'm stepping out of my house. I'm not talking about physical distance. I mean, you know, things that needed to be done. Now, sometimes I don't get the things done because, you know, things don't go as planned, but at least the chunk of what I set out to do, and I have a destination. It just makes it so much easier. I don't feel like I'm rushing. I don't feel like um, I'm just, I'm just existing. Like it's night and night and day. And and it, it sounds like you get support from our family because sometimes you know, as a you know partner and you know mother of the children. Um, you know, you're going to be pulled in so many different directions. And obviously on top of that, you know, as a, as a healthcare professional, you're going to be pulled in so many different directions. So, you know, it's good to be able to take that time out for yourself. And, you know, for me, it's like I had, I, before I really, really understood and practiced self-care, I almost thought of it as selfish, you know, and I always thought, I, I almost thought of it as, you know, why would I take time for myself when I can do it for someone else? Why would I, um, you know, do these things for myself, you know, isn't that considered selfish? And then I realized that, no, it's not selfish because it's important to be able to take care of yourself. And to me, that led to the realization that it, it makes you a better friend, uh, son, um, you know, uh, a parent, uh, a, a, a physician, 
you know, just it, it actually improves different aspects of your life. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, like I, it was important to be able to do that. You know, you have your routine, you have your pauses, you have your readings, and that's what's worked for you. You're absolutely correct. And, and you know, everywhere on my page is always, I'm always preaching about self-care. I always tell people self-care isn't being selfish. Um, it is, it, you can't pour from an empty cup. So, um, yeah. Especially for the moms, not that the dads or you know don't don't need self care, but for the moms, like you said, I'm being a physician mom. I'm being pulled in several directions in a day, and there's there's a tendency to um, to get overwhelmed. Well, the minute you start investing in yourself and not money wise, I mean in terms of self care and putting yourself first, because when you put yourself first, like I said, you're putting everybody. Um, in the in the uh, cup as well, mm-hmm. you actually realize that you you serve them better. So one of the things I didn't mention was that I love traveling. That's one of my biggest passion. Everyone that knows me knows I'm a traveler. <laughs> That's what I say, and I tell them I I travel because and, and unfortunately COVID is is ruining all that now. And I know things will will settle down in the near future. But one of the that was one of my ways of of treating myself of getting myself, you know, rejuvenated. And, and once I get back, I, I didn't realize it at that initially when I travel and I'll go like, why do I want to travel? And that was because once I leave and I come back, even if I go with the kids, if I go with my husband, my mom, my friends, it's the same thing. Just getting out, I come back with a, a different mindset, headset. Mm. I'm in a different place. So everyone kind of has to realize what it is for them. For me, I realized that travel was one of those things that got me to a happy place. And so what were the feelings? Uh, give us a couple of examples of what you felt. Um, relaxed. Absolutely uh-huh. relaxed. Um, energized. Uh-huh. You know, once I travel and come back, everybody knows it's like, I'm almost <laughs> like ready. What, 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 I tell my friends, where do we need, what needs to happen? What do you need? I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, honestly, that's the truth. So, um, um, you know, most times when I travel, that's when I get a lot of me time, more me time. So, you know, I I do a lot more studying, a lot more of my hobbies, like dancing, listening to music. <laughs> I do things. I read. I love to read. So, yes, I come back ready, equipped. Yeah. And, and like you said, I think it's a beautiful analogy when you said that you got you can't pour, you can't give anyone if your cup is empty. And I think that's a perfect analogy in terms of describing how much personal fulfillment, how much, you know, love you give to yourself, how, you know, whether you treat yourself well, you know, treat yourself kindly enough, because I think that goes hand in hand, how you treat someone, how you, you know, look at them, you know, is all dependent on how you look at yourself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that your inner world is a reflection, is a re- your outer world, a reflection of your inner world. And so it's, um, self-care is super important. I'm a huge traveler myself, and I totally agree with you. Um, you know, breaking up that routine ever so often gives you the chance to kind of reset. And, you know, we're not just talking about, you know, just going to a resort or beach. You know, it's actually, you know, being mindful of the time that you have and being mindful of doing something different for yourself. And for me, it's I give myself an opportunity. Most of the time I travel on my, on my own. And um, I give myself an opportunity to, you know, start practicing all of my senses. 
a lot of the times in our society, we spend a lot of time being visually stimulated. You know, we're always bombarded by ads and TV and so much screen time from every screen, you know, laptop, you know, the phone, and now you got to watch and, you know, every screen is trying to occupy your visual sense. But a lot of things that dampen is your hearing, you know, people don't, you know, not just hear, but we don't listen as well anymore. Um, you know, the, 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 the smell, the taste, the feel, these are different things when you travel, you have to rely on because, it's kind of which, depending on where, where you go, you know, you have to use these these actual senses to survive in a sense because you're going into unknown environments, um, you know, a lot of the times, at least for me. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. That's the thing. Yes, I agree. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. This is a good segue in terms of a lot of uh, women's, uh, uh, professional women's lives and how, you know, women um, in terms of uh, gender norms are being, uh, you know, are, are changing and being broken. And, you know, women are CEOs now. Uh, women can be engineers and doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I think it's a very good message in terms of you can still do it all as long as, you know, you could still practice self-care because no matter what gender, you are human and you have that as well. So in terms of what you've seen so far, what do you think is missing from most professional women's lives right now in terms of the self-care and the intentional living that you're referring to? And how would you go about improving that? So I think as professional women, uh, for women, especially the professional women, we need to, um, the mental shift. People, I always say that everyone needs to redefine what success looks for them. You know, you get into a position and it seems like there's a pathway to go up and everybody's trying to go up or make more money. Um, you really need to de- redefine what success is for you. For some people, it may be finding that balance um, like I realized for me of having just enough time with my family and enough clinical time. So I, I finding a sweet spot. Um, and once you are able to, you, the only way you can really do that is when you realize what your why is, what your greatest values are. Once you know that and you put that in front and then you can redefine what what a balance or what your um what drives you what what will make you happy and we all need to be happy i I almost feel like we need to go to a school of happiness sorry to say Mm -hmm. that like everyone needs to strive to be happy and the only way the only thing that truly makes us happy are those values once we're you know we're living in that space so i feel like as professional women let's not be driven by the crowd let's not Mm -hmm. be driven by what someone else wants for us. Let's be driven by what we want for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, over time, whether in the financial world or the business world or the working professional world, um, especially being an American, um, you know, the, the societal perception is always about success. And success is not the same for every one person. And it really depends on how you 
how you define and how you perceive success. So for some people, it's well-being. For some people, it's health. For some people, it's actually financial. But I would argue that, you know, all of that is actually tied together. They're not actually separate um, because, you know, we do need to make money in order to live, you know, a lifestyle to be able to support ourselves and things like that and a family. Um, but they are all tied, you know, uh, to each other. I just came back from a financial literacy um, conference and physician wellness conference. And there was a lot of studies that they uh, have highlighted that, you know, your financial health and your mental health are very, very, you know, very, very tied together and very close together. So much so that, you know, even medical schools and residents, you know, they, they study, you know, those demographics and populations and they've noticed, you know, their grades and also how they perform, you know, is also affected. So it's, yes, we are driven by, you know, uh, money and yes, we do have loans and debts and mortgages to pay and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's really about making sure, you know, like you said, what, what is the reason? What is the why that we do the things that we do? So. Yeah. I love this. And uh, I definitely want to close out. And one of my favorite questions is what makes you thrive? You know, what gets you out of the, uh, out of bed? What, you know, what gets you going in the morning? What fuels your fire? So how do you personally thrive um, for yourself? Um, I know intentional living is a very huge factor, but what are other ways that's helped you thrive so far? Um, so clearly self, self-care, like we said, self-love, you know, I do those things, the practices I do for myself, but morning and at night, um, that's one. And I think it's um, everybody needs to create that time for themselves. And then one major part of my life, like I said, is family, community. I, I, I love my tribe. Mm. My tribe helps me thrive. I, I really wouldn't be who I am without the people that surround me. And I look forward to the connections. Uh, making new ones and keeping the old ones that's a big part of the um you know of my life community and mm-hmm. then um the other thing is keeping a positive mindset i always like to see the good in everything i approach everything from a place of you know good it's going to be fine even if it's not i mean it's clearly Things don't always go the way I want it. And I always say it's not about, you know, the how much rain. It's about how you dance in the rain. That's me. Mm. So I I love to keep that positive mindset in such a way that I am I want to be in control of my emotions as much as possible. Mm. So even when things are not going the way I want it to, I always like to pause, think about it and challenge myself and then re- um, you know, recalculate and recalibrate. Yeah, recalibrate and get up and go. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, and in terms of uh, let's just because I encounter this a lot where you have different people that cross paths with you, and you know, some of them may not be as positive um, as you are, and yeah. you know, they'll be cynical or they'll just be very negative from the get go. How would you? Um, how would you kind of, you know, you know, present it in a different way? Or, you know, if you have patients that come up to you and, you know, they know that they need to do better, but, you know, they have this mindset, like, how would you counsel them in terms of, uh, you know, 
be able to reinforce a more positive mindset? So, um, so I kind of have a different approach depending on who it is. So like family, close family friends, I tend to give them a lot of tough love. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you need to get up. It, it shouldn't be this way. Uh-huh. You know, take, take control. Now for my patients, I tend to be a little bit more subtle with them. I, I mean, I still tell them the truth. Not like I would want to sugarcoat it for them, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think I, I usually come from a place of empathy because mm-hmm. what I know is that when people know, they do better. Most times people don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I'll give an example. <clears throat> when, um, when I had my baby and I was trying to lose weight, I was doing everything I thought was right. But the only, the one thing that made a big difference was, when I realized that my day-to-day choices, not necessarily are you eating, you know, are you doing intermittent fasting or plant-based or, because sometimes when I started, I could do something and it's working, but I was sabotaging myself. Mm -hmm. And what made me stop sabotaging myself was knowing, you know, why, having a better understanding of where I was, what I wanted and where I was headed to. And, you know, so for the patients, I see that same way. Many times they don't know. And when they know, everyone wants to be better. But when mm-hmm. you don't know, you can't do any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely, for me, it's like when I counsel patients about plant-based living, you know, I say to them, you know, I will meet you where you're at, you know what I'm saying? But it is my job to be able to inform you as much as possible so you can make a informed decision so you know like you said it's they can't operate from you know from stuff that they don't know and you know our job is to be able to give them that information and what they do with that is really up to to them you know we're talking yeah yeah, it's an it's a it's a choice that we have to uh, at the end of the day it's a choice everything is a choice um so i think that's super important and when you when you say that um, even if you don't have a physician or like a mentor or something like that, you know, that's where self-education, you know, you said yourself that you, you know, read a lot, read a lot of books, you still continue to read, read books. A lot of the part of the oaths that we took as physicians is obviously do no harm is one of our top um, oaths. But we are also, you know, lifelong learners. And I think that, you know, the learning never stops whether it's medicine or just life in general, I consider myself a student. I, uh, having that mindset of learning and having that mindset of being a student all the time helps me to stay grounded and stay humbled. So, and I love learning. So I, I, it's easier for me to be able to be, able to be in that mindset. So, you know, thank you so much uh, for today's uh, uh, episode session. And, um, if people wanted to reach out, you know, for those that are listening, how can they reach out to you or look up, uh, look up your, your, your services or just who you are? So I have a, I actually have a public Facebook page, um, Dr. Ivy, I-B-E. Um, and then obviously you can always shoot me an email, ngiv at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And, and also uh, a public Instagram page. I forgot. Instagram is Dr. Ng. <laughs> Dr. Angie I B. Okay. And Angie is spelled E-N-G-E-E, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being um, on today's show. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out, and thank you for sharing your wisdom and experiences with us today. 
Absolutely. I enjoyed myself. It was nice passing with you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, okay, guys, for, uh, thank you so much for listening on. Um, if you like this, please like, subscribe, and follow, and please share um, with anyone that um, is interested um, in this podcast. And thank you so much for listening on, and we will see you on the next one. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you liked that episode, please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.